Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76, where we help B2B manufacturers grow through revenue-focused marketing programs. Every day in our jobs, we send emails. We upload files to Dropbox or Google Drive to share with customers. We open attachments and we download files to our computers. Business as usual. But after talking for 30 minutes with today's guest, I'm already thinking differently about how I go about these everyday operations. In this episode, we're talking about cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is a very real problem. And unfortunately, it's a very real problem that's not understood or properly addressed by many manufacturing organizations. It poses threats to our businesses. And for those who are manufacturing parts for the defense industry, threats to our national security as well. My guest today is here to educate about this topic of cybersecurity. He'll tell you why it matters, why you should care, and where to start. Let me introduce him. Jason Ray is the co-founder and CEO of Paperless Parts, the platform for manufacturing that enables machine shops to streamline communications, quote, faster and more accurately, improve customer experience, and grow their businesses. Jason found his passion for manufacturing while serving at the Pentagon in the United States Navy, as a supply and logistics officer, where he led advanced manufacturing implementation. Seeing the negative impacts associated with ineffective sourcing of short-run production companies, Jason was determined to solve this critical problem that plagues manufacturing. Jason has a BA from Trinity College and an MBA from Babson College. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, Jason, I would love to kick things off here by hearing a little bit more about your backstory. And I'm wondering if you could just kind of tell us what led you to where you are today as co-founder and CEO of Paperless Parts. Yeah, I really appreciate that, Joe. So I'll give you the I'll give you the, the 30 second story. I spent about seven years on active duty. I was really fortunate and the opportunity to join the United States Navy. I was a supply and logistics officer. My first command was a minesweeper. And the minesweepers were the antiquated platform. And having to figure out the sustainment, the procurement, buying the parts from a pretty dilapidated supply chain was eye-opening for me. And it really got me focused on our defense industrial base. It got me focused on just how difficult that process was for me in the military. I knew it was going to be 10 times more difficult for people designing new prototypes, people innovating inside of companies. And it was a problem that just seemed like really, really something that would hold our country back if we didn't solve it. That was like first exposure to this problem of supply chain management, working and sourcing from small, medium-sized job shop manufacturers. Went to the Pentagon, had the opportunity to work on the Navy's internal manufacturing strategy. How do we make parts internally? How do we work better with supply chain partners? Just gave me a ton of exposure. When I left active duty, I went to buy a job shop. So I said, hey, 
I would love to actually do something tangible with my life. I, you know, I want to make parts that actually have an impact on the world. And I spent about a year trying to buy shops. And that's really when, that's when I realized how, how much this industry lacks modern software. There are a lot of systems that are used, a lot of filing cabinets, but the business is run inside the owner's head. And I knew that it, I was, there was no MBA, there was no military experience that was going to enable me to successfully replace that owner. And I said, look, if I don't feel comfortable doing it, how's anybody else going to do it successfully? Like, what does that mean for the future of the industry? Like, do these businesses just die out and then those people have to go find new jobs or, you know, do, is it going to constantly be a cycle of startups and new businesses trying to get up to speed? That's can be very inefficient. What does that mean for our defense industrial base? And so that's fast forward a year after looking for shops to buy, Jay Jacobs, my co-founder said, hey, maybe we go solve this software problem and make a big impact. So that's why we started Paperless Parts. Yeah, I love it. And I've, I've had a number of conversations with different people on this show and just kind of in my in my job working with manufacturers where, you know, that problem of tribal knowledge that is just tied up in, you know, a few key people, whether it's procurement and suppliers or it's salespeople and their customers, or it's, you know, just veterans that have been at the company for 20 years with so much knowledge that, and then all of a sudden they're out the door or an owner wants to, to look at exiting and the whole business revolves around the equity of, I guess, what's in their brains, right? So, I completely agree with you. I, I see it often. I know it's a problem in a lot of different areas of, of running a business. It's also a hard life. I mean, I, we've built paperless parts over the last six years through a lot of brute force. And we're just now starting to put processes in place that allow the business to scale very efficiently. The brute force thing is really, really hard. Like I have so much admiration for our customers They've been running businesses that have to be profitable for the last 25, 30 years. And that, that is not an easy life. That is a really hard life, doing things by brute force. And so I, I hope that we can continue to make this industry really attractive to the next generation by starting to help build the conduits for those processes and for that efficiency so that you know these entrepreneurs, the tip of the spear can actually experience some of the success they're creating. 100%. Well, Jason, one area of passion that I've, you know, I've seen from you and something you talk about a lot is a topic I haven't re really covered at all in 150-ish episodes of this podcast, and that's cybersecurity and manufacturing. And I'd, I'd love to kind of go deep there today. I want to kind of start it out with a very open-ended ended question, which is, you know, why should manufacturing leaders care? It's interesting to hear that it's not a topic that comes up very often. It's not surprising, but it's a little bit sad and concerning. I think the prime reason that people should care about cybersecurity and manufacturing is, one, it's becoming a much, much bigger problem. And when you step on that landmine, it is horrific. And it can be incredibly detrimental for your business. And so it's, I think the reason people don't spend a lot of time thinking about it is they haven't touched the stove yet and they just don't know how hot it is. And as soon as they touch the stove, they're like, oh my gosh, it's kind of like when you don't have an insurance policy and you get into your first car wreck and you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't know this was going to happen. And now I got to pay out of pocket to repair this thing. 
it's cybersecurity is very, very similar. And I don't think that we've done ourselves any favors by keeping it very quiet when people do have those problems. You know, it's not something that you raise your hand and you're like, oh, by the way, we got hacked and it cost us $500,000. You don't want to tell anybody. You need to be really quiet and you want to try to clean up the mess because it can ruin your company. It can put an end to your business. The reason I think this industry should care, and I do think they would care if they knew how much of a risk it was, is when I talk to our customers, they bleed red, white, and blue. I mean, no joke. You have former vets, you have people that have been making parts for the Department of Defense that go into every single ship and plane and weapon system. And they are so proud of the work that they do. And that technical data, the proprietary files, the designs, those pieces of intellectual property, they are the key to our national security. And if you start to give those things away unknowingly by allowing malware to come into your company or you get hacked and you lose those files, that is exactly where our dominance as a country starts to fall apart. And it's not surprising that a lot of other countries' platforms, whether it's drones, ships, helicopters, they look very, very similar to U.S weapon systems that we've spent an enormous amount of time designing and building, and that's our national defense. So I think if people understood that the risk was real, and that, that's the thing that I always try to emphasize with our customers, it's not fake. This is a real risk. You may think because you are in the middle of a rural area, you may think because you're not really on the map and people don't know what you make, that they're not coming after you. And the reality is just not true. And for our customers specifically, it is very, very scary because you are constantly getting emails with packages of part files that say, quote me for this. Well, what do you have to do? You have to open that zip file. Now what? Is there malware in that zip file? Did you just open an executable? Like there's so many different things that can potentially go wrong at that very first step in the process, which is, I need you to quote me for this. And that's that's very scary. That's a problem that we want to solve. Yeah, 100%. You're probably especially sensitive to it working with defense contractors, right? But it's I know it's going to be relevant for, for anybody, but especially in these sort of you know, mission critical or national security you know, related settings. So yeah, I know we're, we're yeah, going to yeah. go kind of deep on this from a, from a few angles here, but People may step back and say, well, we don't make parts for Department of Defense, so maybe we just shouldn't care. And, and I think that's the wrong approach. I think when you are a supplier, when you're a trusted partner to an OEM that's designing a product, you have a responsibility to protect their intellectual property. Now, a lot of people sign NDAs. Those NDAs are hard to enforce if you don't know it's been breached. But at the end of the day, you have a responsibility as a partner in the supply chain to protect that information. It's just good business. It protects your customers. And if you're not protecting your customers and competition pops up, those customers are not going to buy as much from you. It's an ecosystem that can be very easily upset if it's not respected. Absolutely. Well, Jason, I, I 
I've heard you um, use the acronym CMMC. I've seen it all over your website. For anybody who doesn't know what that stands for and what it's about and why it matters, can you talk about that for a moment? Yeah, 100%. So CMMC is a cybersecurity maturity model certification. CMMC specifically is, I'm going to explain it in layman's terms because I'm, I'm a layman. My CTO He's brilliant. He's done webinars on this. If people want to go really deep on exactly what CMMC is and NIST 800-171 and all the requirements and what is 2.0 versus 1.0, Scott Sawyer is is the man. He has done awesome webinars on this. So I'm going to explain it in the most simplistic terms that I can possibly explain it. And that is in the early days before the internet was a really like a force to be reckoned with in manufacturing. There was no cloud-based software. Everything was on-premise. Yeah, email, but that actually wasn't happening that often because the files were too big. People were actually mailing disks and encrypted disks like for RFQ packages. So in the early days, there's this thing called ITAR, International Trafficking and Arms Regulations. And every shop that handled defense data had to self-certify and raise their hand and say, we understand what it means to handle controlled, unclassified information or information that is export controlled and subject to ITAR regulations. You basically raise your hand and you paid a $2,500 fee every year to register and say, I'm doing this the right way. And that was just like the cost of doing business. So everybody raised their hand, everybody checked the box, everybody had their letter and they went on their way. And that was actually easy to sign up for because there was very little risk that you were violating that. As long as you weren't like taking those CD-ROM files with the technical data and sending them off to China or somewhere else, you really weren't violating ITAR. Now, as the world has evolved dramatically and we are a very tech-enabled, web-enabled industry, and that's becoming a superpower for manufacturing and efficiency in the industrial supply chain, Manufacturers are being drawn into digitizing, digital transformation. It's like this sexy buzzword that people talk about all the time. Well, digital powered by the internet and doing a transformation from the way you've always been doing things, what that does is that starts to kind of blur the lines. So we'll have customers that don't understand, maybe rightfully so, that when they send an email to me, That is not going from their computer to my computer. It's not just like beamed over. That email goes to servers. It gets saved on those servers. It gets pulled down from those servers. Those servers could be located anywhere. Anybody could have access to those servers, even non-US citizens. And technically, when you email ITAR or export controlled, controlled unclassified information, when you do that, you may be inadvertently violating ITAR and you just don't know it. And that's a huge problem. And so now you're starting to get manufacturers that are the tip of the spear wading into these digital transformations and they're adopting these cloud-based products where they can store their files, where they can collaborate more effectively, where they can share files. And now you're starting to get people saying, well, wait a second, doesn't that violate ITAR? And so the government said, okay, we got to do better here. And this is admittedly a very 
very hard problem. And they've been kind of kicking the can and revising it over and over again. I'm actually glad they do it because this is not the sort of thing to roll out to an, a massive industry overnight. But about 2018, they have been creating a set of controls that shops will need to be audited against if they're going to handle controlled unclassified information. And very similar to how you go through your AS9100 audits or your ISO audits, you're going to have an auditor that out and looks at how are you creating a secure boundary around your business and your data to be compliant with the way the government is saying this new landscape requires you to handle information. So that is in the like simplest format how the world has evolved to CMMC. And that's going to dictate everything from like, Passwords to get into your share drive on the computer, tracking who opens and downloads what files, who prints things. It's going to be, okay, understanding what websites am I allowed to load files to? What plugins am I allowed to have on my computer? And that's why from the very beginning of the company, we decided if we're going to be a company that supports the defense industrial base, if we're actually going to achieve our mission of driving efficiency in the industrial supply chain, we must be founded around this idea of cybersecurity and CMMC compliance, just critical. Because if that's not at the bedrock of what you do, it's really hard. You get a lot of companies that'll say, oh yeah, me too, we're, we're CMMC compliant. Like we're good. And they don't even understand what that means. And so we we try to educate as much as possible our customers and our prospects to understand you really got to do your homework here. This is a, like the cost of not doing your homework could be your business. And the fines are ridiculous right now. 3D Systems just got a $27 million fine, I think. Crazy. Huge, huge fines. Like the government is looking for the first group of people to make an example of so that they can send a loud signal out to the industry that this is not a joke. And admittedly, that, that only happened a few times in history with ITAR. So people kind of took it seriously, but not really. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's that's serious stuff. I know you guys have sort of written about this and talked about it a lot. I noticed there was like a five-step checklist to help you prepare for CMMC on, on your website. You want to hit on some of those points? Yeah, I'd be more than happy to hit on those points. First and foremost, it's understanding the magnitude. So you scope this properly because a lot of shops are like, well, when do I actually have to do this? Like, when is the government actually going to put this in place? Is that is that tomorrow? Is it a year from now? Is it five years from now? You know, like, what is it? And the reality is probably coming in the next year or so. And most shops that we talk to, it takes somewhere between a year and two years to get CMMC certified today. And it starts with this process of knowing what CMMC level are you going to need to be compliant with? What are your customers going to require based on the types of parts you make? Then what you want to do is you want to identify your security team and the stakeholders in your business. This can be a collateral duty. It can be your IT leader at Paperless Parts. We have a whole group of experts on this because it's really important. We, you know, we want to make sure that we're taking care of our customers. Then what you want to do is you want to, we talked a little bit about figuring out what your boundaries are. So the boundary is actually understanding where your data goes. Are you putting things in Dropbox? Okay, now that needs to be inside your boundary. 
Are you sending files via email? Okay, well, maybe your whole email system needs to be in the boundary. But you need to understand what is your digital footprint and what is the boundary for applying CMMC compliance. And then what you want to do is you want to self-assess. You take the checklist, you run down the checklist, and you look at it. Do we have controls? Do we let people access our share drive from their cell phones? Okay, that's scary. We need to put a control in place that allows them, us to remotely erase their cell phones. Something like that. And at the further out your boundary goes for where data can reach, the more complicated it gets. And then what you want to do is you want to start to remediate on those gaps. And a lot of that remediation might be changing your boundary. You might say, okay, we're no longer going to let people log in and take files home. We're no longer going to let people carry their laptop outside of the office, or we're just going to make sure that everybody has single sign-on and we're encrypting all of our computers the right way. And we're encrypting our you know, company phones the right way. It's going to be that iteration process to really understand what's critical. It's a fantastic lens to look at your business because it will also expose all of the different systems and silos of information across your business and where information lives. And what it does is it forces you to be intentional about how you architect your process and your data process. That I think is just really good forcing function and it's really good hygiene. It's a little overwhelming to think about. I mean, honestly, as I think about it for my own business, you know, I mean, we're a marketing agency, we're not manufacturing parts, but like, geez, it's, I mean, it's relevant for, for frankly, anybody who is communicating and sharing files digitally. We call it the human firewall to be completely just like Frank. Cybersecurity starts with people. The biggest cybersecurity breaches are usually human driven. It's a human that doesn't change their password, that clicks on a spam link, that brings malware in because they plugged in a USB drive because they got it at a trade show and they thought whatever information was on that USB was worth looking at. It's human error. And a lot of cybersecurity comes back to making sure your people understand the risk. And this is not a long process. Sit everybody down for 30 minutes, have them watch a webinar on it. Make sure everybody's aware of what the risks are. Set your rules, do's and don'ts for your business. You know, proceed on smartly. Jason, make the connection here between what you're doing at Paperless Parts and this topic we've been talking about with cybersecurity. Yeah, so what we found is this estimating process is actually where a lot of the breaches happen. The RFQs come in, people are opening files. So several things that we've done is just making it easy to ingest those files into a cloud-based system where we scan for viruses. They're not on your share drive. We control that. We try to understand, okay, what's going on with this file before we ever expose that to the rest of your data. So that's one piece of it. The second piece of it is we make it really easy to meet CMMC compliance from a boundary perspective. If your boundary is paperless parts, Tech data will live in paperless parts. Well, that's great. We have single sign-on and audit trails and user permissions. And it makes it very, very simple for a shop using our system to go through that audit and just say, look, this is how we control our information. And that's we wanted that to be easy because the last thing I would want to see is manufacturers in the defense industrial base saying, well the work that we do that would be subject to CMMC is really only 15% of our revenue. Let's walk away from that. That's bad. 
a distributed, diversified defense industrial base is absolutely critical for our dominance as a country. It is. You need to have shops all over the country with capabilities all over the country to make sure that anytime this country needs the industrial might, we have it. So paperless parts, we built this product and not only does it allow our customers to store and interact with and analyze and view all of the different technical data, whether it's 3D CAD, 2D PDFs, but we also built in all secure file sharing solutions to allow when a customer, the supply chain you're sharing information across the supply chain. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that as our customers do that, they're doing it in the most secure way possible. So not making mistakes that end up costing you your business. That's the link to paperless parts. Jason, anything I didn't ask you about that you'd like to add to this conversation? I think what I would say to folks is thank you for what you do and the parts you make and the support you give the defense industrial base. And I absolutely encourage you to just not put this on the back burner. Regardless of how you approach it, whether you work with paperless parts, whether you work with a managed service provider, whether you, however you want to approach it, just don't not think about it today because the last thing we need is massive disruptions in our supply chain because a lot of, of the defense industrial base hasn't moved quickly enough to meet these compliance and these regulations. I think that's the bow that I would put on it is more of just like a, like a, an ask, please consider it. And if you have questions about it, reach out to our team. We don't do CMMC audits. We're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to sell that as a service. We're more just really interested in making sure that this industry gets better and better and better every year. So And this is just one small piece of that. Well, I think it's really cool that you guys are such strong advocates for it and putting the spotlight on this topic that I think clearly is not understood at the level it needs to be. And maybe, you know, kind of people try to avoid it because they don't understand it and don't really want to think about it. But I think you've given us enough reasons today to realize why it is is so critical. Aerospace and defense is booming right now. You know, you look at semiconductors starting to pull back. There are a lot of shops that are looking at aerospace and medical devices. Those two industries are all about proprietary technology. They're built around it. They're built around security. So if those two industries are really booming, okay, well, you want to make sure that you're in a position, really, really strongly positioned to support that. The other thing I would say is I've seen our customers start to use their secure approach to working with their customers as a selling tool. Like starting to get asked the question, how are you going to handle my data? And buyers, their job is mitigating risk. And part of that risk is, hey, your shop, if you get malware and you get locked up and you're in the middle of making my parts, are you late on a delivery? What does that do? How much of a disruption does that cause me? So if you're not a credible source of supply and you're not thinking about this, your buyers definitely are. That's another great point. Yeah, just hopefully this is helpful. And my goal of any of these conversations is that people walk away with at least an idea or a nugget of information that they may not have had before. Oh, I certainly did. And I'm sure everybody listening will as well. So 
Great conversation, Jason. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you bet. Can you tell our audience how they can get in touch with you and where they can learn more about paperless parts? Yeah, absolutely. Paperlessparts.com, great place to start. We have a knowledge base. And that knowledge base is called In the Shop. It's uh, We have a monthly newsletter. We put out a ton of information. Our customers write a lot of articles. Our team's writing articles in, in there. It's just a, it's a place for vetted content that we feel will either be educational, informative for the industry. So that's a great place to go check out. If you type in paperless parts, CMMC, you'll find all of our information on CMMC compliance. Comes right up in Google. Feel free to email me. You can reach me at jason at paperlessparts.com. Um, and you can reach out to my team right through our website. So it's a lot of different ways to get in touch, but we'd be happy to help. Perfect. Well, Jason, thanks for doing this today. Joe, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. I appreciate it. Absolutely. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of The Manufacturing Executive. You've been listening to The Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.